Hello everyone and welcome back to day 78 of Future Teens of Medicine. It's Colette here and I hope you all enjoyed a nice, long, and relaxing winter break and are now ready to jump right into 2021 with us. So today's lesson is going to focus on addiction and rehabilitation and the first half of this presentation is going to focus solely on addiction while the second half is going to talk about rehabilitation and treatment options. So as always, we're gonna start off with a little bit of a background on addiction. So addiction is a disease that affects a person's brain and behavior and leads to an inability to control the use of both legal or illegal drugs or medications. Substances such as alcohol, marijuana, and nicotine are also considered drugs. And people who suffer from an addiction use dangerous substances despite knowing the negative consequences these may have on their lives. They're sometimes physically or mentally unable to stop even when they try to do so. And without treatment, addiction can damage relationships, cause problems at work, and lead to financial and legal problems. Excessive drug and alcohol use can cause a range of serious health issues, and it can be fatal in some cases. Potential treatments for addiction include rehabilitation, therapy, and medication. So let's take a look at some of the symptoms of addiction. Addiction symptoms include feeling that you have to use the drug or substance regularly, which might be daily or even several times per day, having intense urges for the drug or some substance that block out any other thoughts, over time needing more of the drug or substance to get the same effect, taking larger amounts of the drug or substance over a longer period of time than you intended, not meeting obligations and work responsibilities, or cutting back on social or recreational activities because of drug or substance use, continuing to use the drug or substance even though you know it's causing a problem in your life or causing you physical or psychological harm, doing things to get the drug or substance that you normally wouldn't do, for example, stealing, driving or doing other risky activities while you're under the influence of the drug or substance, spending a good deal of time getting the drug or substance, using it or recovering from the effects of it, failing in your attempts to stop using the substance, and experiencing withdrawal symptoms when you attempt to stop using the drug or substance. So as you can see, there are quite a number of symptoms, um, some that pertain to your personal life, some that pertain to your health, but overall there are a lot of problems associated with addiction. So let's take a look at some of the risk factors. One risk factor includes a family history of addiction, and so drug or substance addiction is more common in some families and likely involves genetic predisposition. For example, if you have a blood relative, such as a parent or sibling, who has an alcohol or drug or other substance addiction, you are at a greater risk of developing a drug addiction. Another risk factor is mental health disorders, meaning that if you do have a mental health disorder such as depression or PTSD, you are more likely to become addicted to drugs or substances, and using these substances can fill a void and become a way of coping with painful feelings such as anxiety, depression, and loneliness, and can actually make these problems even worse. Another risk factor is peer pressure and one of the risk factors that is talked about the most. Um, and this is a very strong factor in the beginning and start of use in drugs. And this is especially prevalent in younger people um, because they are just in these social setting settings where peer pressure can occur. 
Early use of drugs and substances can also cause changes in the developing brain and increase the likelihood of progressing to an actual addiction of a drug or substance. And taking a highly addictive drug or substance in general, um, since there are some drugs such as stimulants, cocaine, or opioid painkillers that are highly addictive, they may result in faster development of addiction than other drugs. Um, and in addition, smoking and injecting drugs or substances can increase the potential for addiction. So now we're going to take a look into some of the possible long-term effects of addiction. Methamphetamine, opioids, and cocaine are highly addictive and cause multiple short-term and long-term health consequences. These can include psychotic behavior, seizures, or death due to overdose. GHB and fluzotrazepam may cause sedation, confusion, and memory loss, and these commonly called date rape drugs are known to impair the ability to resist unwanted contact and recollection of the event. At high doses, these can also cause seizures, coma, and death, and the danger increases when these drugs are taken with alcohol. Ecstasy or molly can cause dehydration, electrolyte imbalance, and complications that can include seizures, and long-term molly can damage the brain. One particular danger of club drugs is that the liquid or pill or powder forms of these drugs available on the street often contain unknown substances that can be harmful, including other illegally manufactured or pharmaceutical drugs. And in terms of inhalants, due to their toxic nature, users may develop brain damage on different levels of severity. So now that we've kind of gone through a general background of um, addiction in general, symptoms, long-term effects, and risk factors, we're going to look into rehabilitation a little bit. And we're going to start off with the background, just as we always do. So we've discussed that addiction is a chronic disease, um, and people therefore can't simply stop using substances for a few days and magically be cured. Most patients need long-term or repeated care to stop using completely and to recover their normal lives. So addiction treatment may help the person do the following, stop using the substance or substances, stay free of the substance or substances, and be productive in the family, at work, and in society in general. So how do we do this? There are a number of principles of effective treatment for addiction. We know that addiction is a complex, but it is treatable as a disease, and it affects brain function and behavior. And we also know that no single treatment is right for everyone, but people need to have quick access to treatment. Effective treatment addresses all of the patient's needs, not just his or her drug or substance use. And staying in treatment long enough is absolutely critical, not only to treat drug addiction, but to avoid relapses in the future. Counseling and other behavioral therapies are the most commonly used forms of treatment, and medications are often an important part of treatment as well, especially when combined with these behavioral therapies. In addition, treatment plans must be reviewed often and modified to fit the patient's changing needs, um, and treatment should address other possible mental disorders. As we discussed previously, mental illness can be a risk factor to addiction in general, and so if that is something that a particular patient is dealing with that does need to be addressed in their treatment. Medically-assisted detoxification is considered to be the first stage of treatment, and treatment 
does not need to be voluntary to be effective. Meaning that if someone is forcibly checked into a rehabilitation or treatment center, they still can receive effective treatment because sometimes it does happen in these cases where the patient is not willing to have treatment or get help. And drug use during treatment has to be monitored continuously. What I mean by drug use is some of these medications that can be used as treatment and are often very important to treatment, these do have to be monitored very carefully in these settings. So now let's take a look at some potential treatments because there are many options that have been successful in treating drug addiction. These can include behavioral counseling, medication, medical devices and applications used to treat withdrawal symptoms or deliver skills training, evaluation and treatment for co-occurring mental illnesses such as depression and anxiety, and long-term follow-ups to prevent relapse. Medications and devices can be used to manage withdrawal symptoms, prevent relapse, and treat co-occurring conditions. And on the other hand, behavioral therapies help patients modify their attitudes and behaviors related to drug use, increase healthy life skills, persist with other forms of treatment, and this can include medication. So this concludes today's lesson on addiction and rehabilitation. I hope that this was really helpful on this topic and that you enjoyed this lesson. Um, make sure to continue to follow up with our other presentations and we are excited to get back to posting on a more regular schedule now that winter break is over and we will see you in our next presentation and podcast.